Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Hey, learn more about the program, podcast, our free event coming up, and how to donate when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael in part two of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 called, For the Good of My Neighbor and the Glory of God. First Corinthians 10, 23. Now this appeared to be a slogan. Some scholars believe it even came from Paul and it was either misapplied or maybe somewhat distorted by the Corinthians to excuse their behavior. But here's what it says. All things, 1 Corinthians 10, 23, are lawful. The Greek word existen is translated permissible in the NIV. But not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Paul may be correcting there, all things are lawful with the second part. Not all things edify. So, if you look at all things are lawful, we certainly have to understand in verse 23 that Paul, if he is quoting them, and we saw the same quotation in chapter 6, he is, he is certainly correcting them. And here's something we need to think about. All things, frankly, are not lawful, right? We were just talking about the Ten Commandments, amen? All things are not lawful. Paul is talking about things that may not be specifically mentioned in Scripture. I want to make this point so it is crystal clear, especially in our modern culture. Anything in the Bible that's already been talked about that is not lawful or not permissible, you don't have to pray about, you don't have to seek counsel on, If the Word of God says don't do that, then don't do that. You don't need more information. It's already there. Paul's not talking about things that have already been clearly articulated as unlawful in the Bible. There's no guesswork there. He's talking about things in the Christian life that are not necessarily stated in Scripture. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of applications. The Corinthians had written him a letter, as we studied earlier, and they had a list of questions about marriage and all these different things. So they had their list of questions. That's part of the reason that Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. But how about things that we don't necessarily have a clear Bible verse on? Some of us wonder about those kinds of things. Well, what if we embrace this idea that, of grace that Paul had brought to these cities and had discovered for himself that it's not about legalism. And let's just paint a, a quick picture. In the church, usually there are two extremes. They are legalism and license. Legalism is that there are people that are, get so caught up in rules, could be the rules of their church, the rules of their family, the rules of their group. There, those rules may not be scripture, but they've box themselves in with those rules. And sometimes what's happened in the evangelical church is that we've had rules that weren't really from the Word of God at all. And then we've had the legalist on our back, breathing down our neck, to tell us to keep rules that are not even in the Bible. And that's a legalist. A legalist sometimes, as I heard another pastor say recently, sometimes you have to wonder if you can laugh around them. Because they walk around with a smug look on their face and everything seems to be wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Don't. Did you crack a smile in here? That's wrong. (laughs) Right? That's a legalist. That's a pharisaical attitude. 
Jesus addressed the Pharisees because they had added to the law of God. He wasn't rebuking them for the law. He was rebuking them for all the weight they had put on the people. And he said, the things that you put on the people, you don't even do it. And you put it on the people. And you don't do it because I know your hearts. Ooh, it's inconvenient. Yes, God even knows your heart. You can fool other people, but you can't fool him. And legalists typically are miserable people because they walk around keeping rules that not even God. <laughs> they, they've added commandments to the top 10 that are not even in God's list, right? We got to be careful there. And then the opposite side is those who practice license. And license means I can do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, with whomever I want to do it. And if a Bible verse cramps my lifestyle, we'll find a way to get out of that. You say, well, how do they find a way to get out of that? Well, they re-explain it. They say, oh, that, that verse was a cultural thing. Now, there are some verses that are cultural. We'll get into this a little bit in chapter 11. But some of the issues in our day have nothing to do with culture because they go back to orders of creation. God's plan for marriage and sexuality and so forth. And what's happening in our culture is people who are claiming to be Christians are trying to find ways out of clear Bible verses because it doesn't fit with either the culture or their own personal choices. And that's license. I can do whatever I want. I'm going to find a way to do what I want, even though the Bible may say that that's wrong. Those are the extremes. Now, in the middle could be this idea of liberty. If you're a note-taker three L's. There's license, legalism, and in the middle, let's call it liberty. Now, each of us as Christians, we have certain liberties in Jesus Christ, right? And those liberties can include a whole host of things. Music we listen to, movies we watch, our diet, how, how we dress, where we live, where we work. There's things that are liberties. Some things are neutral. Other things are much more important because of their impact. And so in the category of liberty, let's, let's walk that out. If that's what Paul is addressing in verse 23, that all things are lawful in terms of my Christian liberty, then the second part makes sense, doesn't it? But not all things are what? They're not all profitable. You could say all things are permissible, NIV, but not all things are profitable. As a Christian, when I'm navigating my life, and I'm trying to decide how I'm going to live every day, where I'm going to invest my time, dot, dot, dot. Now I have to ask some questions about my own personal application of my Christian life. And I would say to you that all of us are certainly walking this out, and it's, there's some experience that goes with it, right? You know, I've been a Christian for 30 years now, over 30 years. And so that has changed and morphed. The more I've gotten to know God, the more I've gotten to know His Word, the more I've needed to make decisions, but I have to ask, what's the motivation of my decision? Is the motivation of my decision a legalist breathing down my neck, and I have false guilt from a rule that's not of God? It's just simply something that either somebody else or I myself have brought into my Christian walk that's not of the Lord. Or am I trying to find wiggle room to do something over here that may not be profitable or edifying. Read the rest of the verse with me. It says, all things are lawful, but not all things, what? 
Not all things edify. The word edify means not all things build up. Now the main thrust of the passage is probably about other people. It's a communal verse. It's about the community. But it also could be about you. There are certain things that you could be free to do, but you have to ask in the end, will it build me up or will it build others up or will it be profitable or not? Example, let's talk about tobacco. All right, somebody's in a small group Bible study. Pastor, will smoking send you to hell? No, it won't. There's nothing in the Bible that says you cannot smoke cigarettes. If you know the verse, correct me. I I haven't seen it. But there are verses about your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit, etc. But we all know that when we start throwing that out, then every time you eat a piece of chocolate cake, somebody else is going to say to you, Hey, body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right? One of those legalists is always over there. Is that real syrup you're putting on those pancakes? Is that bacon? (laughs) (laughs) all right so we have to be careful with our judgments confession I was a baseball player in high school so I started chewing tobacco it's one of the grossest habits probably on the planet Uh, those who chew tobacco you may have noticed I'm going to gross you out a little bit you may not want to donut after this they have spit cups so they have the big wad between their and then right now, as when I became a Christian, I had a number of issues. <laughs> you like how I put that issues, right? Okay, so I carried them into my walk, and one after another, the Lord was removing them out of my life. Okay, that has to go, that has to go. One of the last things to go was chewing tobacco. I'd go out and play slow-pitch softball. A friend of mine would have a can of it, and I'd go, hey. Now, Was that good for me? No. We know there's even dangers, right, associated with that. But was it going to impact my walk with Jesus Christ? Not necessarily. But here's a question I needed to ask. I needed to ask whether or not that was profitable. Whether or not that's something I should be doing. Now, that may be kind of a minor example, but you can see this area where we're we're walking now. Maybe it's uh, you get invited to a movie with a friend and maybe you had planned on going to a Sunday night service and the movie's right at that time. Friend asks you to go to the movie. But let's say that that friend's a brand new Christian and the movie maybe is not the best movie for you to watch. Now you have to make a decision. Should you go? Should you not go? Now, I don't want to take this to a point where we are overanalyzing every single decision that we make. But you could apply it to, hey, uh, this Sunday we're going to go to the beach and skip church. Should you do that? No, you should never do that. That's a joke. I'm kidding. (laughs) You're all like, what did Pastor Michael say? I did that last weekend. I know. I saw you there. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Here's the New Living Translation. You say, I'm not allowed, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned 24 for your own good, but for the good of others. 
You see, when we are walking in the grace of God, we're going to be concerned about building up. What builds up? And there are certain things that could potentially be neutral, but there are other things, as Paul mentioned in an earlier text, that could tear other people down. And that's not what my Christian life's about. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Do you feel equipped to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you find it difficult to defend your Christian faith? The Ministry of Walk in Truth and Pastor Michael Lance would like to give you a copy of his book, Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. You know, the Christian life is a battle. It's not easy to stay on the straight and narrow, to walk the way we're supposed to in the midst of all kinds of temptations of our flesh, the world, the enemy. And so God has given us a provision. Here's the amazing thing. God has given us armor. And it is because he loves us and wants to protect us. Armor is for protection. We will send you a copy of Suit Up as a thank you when you send a financial gift of $5 or more to Walk in Truth. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we appreciate your help to broadcast and grow the ministry to more radio stations. Please give online at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com. Click the Donate button or call 844-48-TRUTH. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Now, I don't want to take this to a point where we are overanalyzing every single decision that we make. But you could apply it to, hey, uh, this Sunday we're going to go to the beach and skip church. Should you do that? No, you should never do that. That's a joke. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're all like, what did Pastor Michael say? I did that last weekend. I know, I saw you there. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Here's the New Living Translation. You say, I'm not allow- you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned 24 for your own good, but for the good of others. You see, when we are walking in the grace of God, we're going to be concerned about building up. What builds up? And there are certain things that could potentially be neutral, but there are other things, as Paul mentioned in an earlier text, that could tear other people down. And that's not what my Christian life's about. So let no one, 24, seek his own good, but that of his neighbor. Now, the Bible is not saying that you shouldn't seek your own good in any situation because it's almost a given. We're to love others as we what? We love ourselves. The Bible already knows we love ourselves, so it doesn't need to explain the rest. The issue is whether we'll love others as we love ourselves. In Ephesians 5, husbands are told to nourish and cherish their wives just as they do their own bodies and as Christ does his own body. It's assumed that you will take care of yourself, hopefully, right? It's the natural human thing to do. The exhortation needs to be that we would do good to others as we would do to ourselves. That's what Jesus showed us, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so when we're making decisions, it's not about seeking our own good. It's that of our neighbor. You remember somebody asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor, right? And then Jesus told the famous story of the Good Samaritan. And the legalist was trying to box Jesus in. Is my neighbor the one that lives just on the left and right hand of my house? 
Is that the only one I need to do good to? Look, if you're starting to parse things that way, you're in trouble. Because now you're just trying to find a way that you can, oh, so I just need to be nice to those two families, right? And the guy across the street, I can be mean to him and snarl at him. Why'd you park that out in front of my house? No, no, no. No, your neighbor is really anybody inside and outside the community. And as Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, remember the Samaritan was hated by the Jews and he's the one that did the right thing. And I have to say that oftentimes even unbelievers can put us to shame doing acts of kindness that maybe we even failed to do. Later, Paul say, will, will say, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it's not boastful, it's not proud, it's n- love is not rude, love is not, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. As each one of you has received a special gift, 1 Peter 4.10, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He goes on to say that God may be glorified. This is very important. Who's giving the glory in my service? Is it me? Is it God? Well, verse 25 is a practical example of the day. Paul says, eat anything that is sold in the meat market. Just imagine somebody going maybe to a local store in our day without asking questions for conscience sake. Now, here is a specific example because the talk had been about food sacrificed to idols. And Paul was saying, be careful. Don't go to the idol's temple and participate in the worship as they sacrifice meat to their gods and goddesses. But if you go into a meat market and let's say that you're going to buy some nice New York steak and it's on sale at the local store for $5.99 a pound. And you go, oh, perfect. I'm I'm barbecuing for Mama's Day. This is perfect. Mama liked this steak. Well, you don't say to the butcher, hey, uh, while you're getting that steak, was that sacrificed to Zeus anytime this week? Don't ask any questions. You say, well, what are you talking about, Pastor Michael? Well, in the ancient day, meat was a delicacy, so not everybody got to eat meat regularly. And secondly, sometimes meat was actually involved. The animal was sacrificed to a god, a false god or goddess. And then it ended up, leftover meat was in the meat market, and it could have been involved in some sort of pagan thing, some sort of pagan ceremony. If you don't know as a Christian, look, uh, idols, nothing in the world. Meat is just meat. So if you don't ask any questions, your conscience doesn't need to be condemned. And you go on and you cook your steak. But if you say, did Zeus have any part in that? And the butcher says to you, lady, do you want the meat? Sir, do you want the meat or not? You ever had a butcher say that to you? (laughs) Stop asking questions. But the minute that you know, Paul says, your conscience could be impacted. Here's how you qualify it. Meat is meat, for the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. That's Psalm 24, verse 1. God owns the cattle on a, thank you, on a thousand hills. And that's just a way to say everything in the world belongs to him. He owns all the cattle, even the ones that are saying, eat more chicken, eat more chicken. 
He owns it all. Every beast of the forest is mine, Psalm 50, verse 10. The cattle on a thousand hills, I know every bird of the mountains, everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains, Psalm 50, 10 through 12. Example number two. If one of the unbelievers, somebody you're trying to reach, invites you, it would seem, to their house here, and you wish to go eat anything that is set before you without asking questions for conscience sake. You are not called to be a meat inspector. <laughs> so you go over to your friend's house, unbeliever. You're trying to win them to the Lord. You want to show them the grace of God, the glory of God. You walk in the door and you say, what, do, what are you serving tonight? And they say, steak. And you look at your spouse, should we ask him? Was Zeus involved? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you're at their house. It's steak. Everything belongs to the Lord, right? That's probably going to lose you an opportunity to win them to Jesus. <laughs> Did you sacrifice this to Zeus? <laughs> right? You're trying to show them that Zeus is false and Jesus is true. So you go in there. Just don't ask any questions. Just eat what's put before you. There's a wide application to this, isn't there? It is very unwise to ask questions when food is put before you, especially if it's been cooked by a close family member. Don't ever say, what is this? It's a terrible career move, right? That's what manna means, by the way. What is it? That's what got the Israelites in trouble. What is it? <laughs> You're listening to Walk in Truth, and this was part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, called For the Good of My Neighbor and the Glory of God. Hey, I would like to tell you about Pastor Michael's book, Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. I'm sure you can agree that there's many ways you can be tempted to do something you'd rather not do. Well, each piece of the armor of God exposes the typical ways we're tempted and helps guard you against them. Armor is for one thing, protection, and it's called the armor of God because it's everything God is and provides for the believer. The one who wants to protect us is our Heavenly Father. Each piece God graciously provides reveals the nature and methods of attack. God is showing us the face of the enemy reflected in the pieces of his armor. And this book will help you suit up, fight temptation, and stand strong in your spiritual life. Get your copy of the book today as a thank you when you give a financial donation of $5 or more supporting our radio and podcast ministry. Please give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. Again, give online at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. Thanks so much for your gift, and we pray the book blesses you. Now here's Pastor Michael. All right, so let's say that you were invited over to dinner, friend's house, family member, a boss, a coworker, and all of a sudden... There you are in their home, and you have your set of beliefs and values, and a conversation turns towards an opportunity for the gospel. How do you not offend that person and still share your faith and share the best news of all? You're in their home. What should you do? Well, Greg Kokel is coming out to Living Truth Christian Fellowship, January the 26th, Sunday night service we've been telling you about this Sunday night. And he's going to help us know how to steer in that direction. Now, if someone's closed off, 
you know, you're going to know. And, and wisdom will say, okay, maybe not this time. But Greg's going to give us a game plan. And we all could use some sharpening in this area. If you've been intimidated, you don't know what to say, how to get a conversation moving in a spiritual direction. Greg's going to show us how to use questions, how to get someone talking about what they believe and why, and then turn the conversation towards the hope of the gospel. Hey, this is happening this Sunday night at Living Truth in the city of Corona, where I have the privilege and honor of serving as senior pastor. And this particular event, we're going to have a five o'clock time of fellowship around some brick oven pizza. You can get a big slice of pizza, a bottle of water for $5. You can get a soda, hang out, get to know some people, and then you'll hear Greg's talk. We're going to have worship and a time of Q&A. Now, you can find out all you need to know when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on the events tab. You can register for the event there, walkintruth.com. You can also download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. The red logo with the pillars is what you want. You can listen to past broadcasts, Sunday morning services. You can watch the services on your phone or on your iPad, whatever you want to do. Uh, you can also call us if you have any questions at 844-48-TRUTH. Just remember to call during business hours. That night, we're going to have a great time. I would love to meet you. And it's this Sunday night, and it is called 633. Hey, so glad you're listening to the broadcast. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. Keep us in prayer. Support us as you can. And we'll catch you next time here on the broadcast. Tune in tomorrow for a special program as Pastor Michael will have a conversation with apologist and radio host Greg Kokel about tactics, a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. As always, we're equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.